Hey, welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. Coming up, we're going to play our interview with Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and we get his take on this article from The Atlantic. The writer came up with a, a metaphor, very proud of herself for coming up with a metaphor about Donald Trump and what you need to do to him. Here's our segment on that. Adams of New York City. <laughs> Unreal. I, I spent the whole break there just confirming that this is real and not some deep fake thing. That's this is unbelievable sound. Let's let me play it. Try to think when the best time to do it is. Cause I wanna I gotta say something about Trump and this and this is this ties in perfect. Let me just play it now, and then we'll uh, we'll swing back around to it. All right. So this is Mayor Adams at a. There's all the city council members sitting behind him. So there's some some committee some community meeting here. Let me see if it has the uh, a town hall town hall on the Upper West Side. That's all we got. All right. This isn't good audio. I was also trying to find some better audio of it, but uh, Zach, Bill, tell me if you, everyone can hear this. Okay. Full support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life. Have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to? I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Okay, first of all, can everyone hear that okay? It's not the best audio, but it's all we got right now. This issue, this illegal immigrants coming into New York City, this issue will destroy New York City. This is the Democrat mayor of New York City. This issue will destroy New York City. How about that message to New Yorkers? Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do, and they're destroying New York City. It's going to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, 
the city we knew we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No. Is that the game we can play? Open the floor up. The city we love, we're about to lose. To whom? To all the illegal immigrants coming into New York City. Oh, Governor Abbott, you brilliant son of a gun, you. Now, worth noting that it was just in April of this year. Uh, Let me quote, this is ABC7 in New York. The mayor's office of Immigrant Affairs kicked off Immigrant Heritage Week by launching the We Love Immigrant New York City campaign. Oh, Slater, illegal versus legal. Sure, sure, sure. There's a Babylon Bee headline. Sanctuary City bummed now that it has to do the actual sanctuary part. Those are some strong words from the New York City. If only we had a wall or something. This will destroy our city. He said, I've never seen an issue that I've, there's been no, I, I don't see an end to. This will destroy our city. It will end our city as we know it. It will bankrupt our city, completely change our city, and there's no way to stop it. <laughs> That's what the mayor of New York City said about illegal immigrants. Now, if 10,000 a month, whatever the numbers, we're not exactly sure, but they say 10,000 a month, 10,000 a month are coming into New York City, a city of 12 million and it's having that effect on New York City. It's having the same or worse effect nationwide. It's just, it just seems diluted because it's, we're a big country. But the effect is still there. It's just, it's just, it's not as acute. All right, so that's the sound. Let's come back. Let's, let's keep that in mind. Circle back. I like to keep up with the left's arguments. See where they're going. See, see, what, see what they're thinking. See what they're laying the groundwork for. This is why we've spent so much time on their 14th Amendment argument to try to keep Trump off the ballot because they're, they're throwing it out there now because it's going to be the ultimate justification for violence, especially their, their continued use of the word self-executing. They're like, oh, it's self-executing. We don't need a court to say he's not allowed to run. We don't need an impeachment. We don't need a conviction. It's self-executing. And we, the people, will make sure he can't run, which is the only recourse that is, is violence. Okay, so so that's why we focus on these left arguments. We gotta know where they're going. So here's another example uh, of an argument that I haven't heard before, but they're throwing it out here. This is in the Atlantic. The headline is, the metaphor that explains why America needs to prosecute Trump. America, it's interesting, by the way, America needs to prosecute Trump. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? How does America prosecute Trump? It's not exactly how that works. DAs prosecute Trump, not America. You could make an argument, here's why America shouldn't vote for Trump, because everyone in America votes. But not everyone can prosecute Trump. Only DAs can prosecute Trump. So it's a weird thought even so like that's a weird concept this is why america needs to prosecute maybe that's another signal for violence as well because one knows they can't prosecute 
but there's other things I can do. All right, here's the article. Uh, Scenes at courthouses from Florida to New York underline the ever-present threat of violence. In Fulton County, Georgia, officials set up high, bright orange security barriers around the courthouse in advance of Trump's indictment there. In Washington, D.C., fences and yellow tape surrounded the U.S. District Court. All right, so this is, I love this. Scenes at courthouses underline the ever-present threat of violence. Was there? Was there any violence? At all? Were there any people? Did any, were there any, did anything happen at those places? At the courthouses? There are four of them. New York, D.C., Florida, Georgia. Four different locations. Trump was at all of them. Was there any violence at all? Anything? Oh, well, it's because they had the bright orange security barriers. <laughs> were there even any Trump supporters there? <laughs> like, what's, I mean, like a couple people with flags being like, yay. Like, other than that, was there anything even remotely close? But it doesn't matter to the left. Oh, oh it's a, it's a, look at that. Oh, it's an ever-present threat of violence. <laughs> That's so scary out there. It's so, it's ever-present. It's everywhere I go. It's like, what are you talking about? Nothing happened. Nothing was even close to happening. This is all made up nonsense. You're still living in your head. You're still just making up this nightmare that you're living in and then you're imposing on everyone else. Oh, good thing we set up these barricades to hold back all the rabid, violent Trump supporters. Not a thing. Not a thing. And maybe the handful that were, they're now in jail for the next few decades. So you got nothing to worry about, lady. You could, there could have been not a single barricade at any of these courthouses and nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. Oh, but there's an ever-present threat. So then she presents some arguments for people on the right that prosecuting Trump will erode trust in yet another institution in our country, the justice system. And, and conservatives say that trust in every institution is already so low uh, you know, it's not it's not good for the country. Is this is a conservative argument? This is not a good thing for the country to be prosecuting political opponents, right? And uh, we shouldn't do it. Okay. And she says that concern is unfounded. And here's her grand metaphor. Right, this is her brilliant metaphor. She said worrying about the dangers of prosecuting Trump is a bit like focusing on the risk that chemotherapy poses to a cancer patient's health. The reasoning isn't exactly wrong. It just begins the analysis in the wrong place. The chemotherapy might be ugly, but it isn't the source of the problem. It's the treatment for the underlying disease. Got it? So don't worry about the ramifications of prosecuting Donald Trump. That's chemotherapy. The goal of it, sure, might be hard, might be ugly, but the goal of it is to get rid of the cancer that is Donald Trump. Now, I got a couple things wrong with this analogy here. First, Trump isn't a cancer. The left has to act like Donald Trump wasn't president for four years. 
And what happened in those four years? What happened? Yes, other than the nuclear war that he launched. Yeah, obviously other than that. Other, yeah, I know, other than all the Muslims he rounded up and put into the concentration camps. I'm not counting that. I mean, that was bad. But And the gays, of course. He added the gays to the internment camps. But other than that, yes, other than the missiles he launched into Mexico to kill Mexicans. I'm not counting that. The second Mexican-American war. Other than that, of course. Putting those things aside... What bad thing did Trump do when he was in the White House? I mean, that, I'm, like, that's a, I'm dead serious with that question. What bad thing did Trump do? Oh, he, he lowered the corporate income tax from 39% to 36 That was a horror. That was a horror. What are you talking about? We still have a Department of Education. It's still there. Every Republican since Reagan has run on, I'm getting rid of the Department of Education. Trump wins and he puts Betsy DeVos in charge of it. <laughs> like, okay, well, is Betsy DeVos going to get rid of it? Nope, still there. We don't have a wall. Ask Mayor Adams. Go ahead, ask the mayor of New York City about that terrible, evil, awful, immoral wall that Donald Trump finished. Nope, not there. Okay, so... Tell me, what, what's the bad thing he did? We st- Sure, he lowered taxes a bit. We still have an IRS. I don't get it. I don't, and I'm being dead serious. Here. This is, um, this is, this was on Breitbart today. All right, this is uh, Bill Maher on uh, MSNBC. Now, this was posted on Breitbart for a different reason. This was posted on Breitbart to make the point that Bill Maher is like, hey, uh, Hunter Biden, that, that's like some corruption there. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's a good point. There's another thing Bill Maher says here that I think is even more noteworthy. Do I love everything about Biden? No. But, I, I, you know, I, I just don't understand how they can look at what Trump did. Now, does the Hunter Biden scandal stink? It really does. Stinks to the high heavens. I mean, that's real corruption there that a lot of the left-wing media will not cover. But it's nothing like what Trump did. Mm. (laughs) What did Trump do? What did Trump do? There's just no equivalency to be. You you can say whataboutism for anything. But... Like I said to him, you just can't tell unlike things apart if, yeah. you, if you see if you see that the same way. But you know, they also shouldn't cover up what. By I mean, if 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 Don Jr. Sure. had done the things that Hunter Biden did, it would be every day. Yeah, I hear you on that. I got you know, one. If the they free- found cocaine in the White House. <laughs> like, I- whose could it be? Who does cocaine around? We can't figure it out. I don't know. Uh- Right, so the the of course the Hunter Biden point, but what do you mean? What it comes? It's nowhere close to what Trump did. What did Trump do? This is why the uh, the left has to obsess over January sixth. By the way, 
because it, it was the only thing that came remotely close to their 2016 nightmares that they were having about what's going to happen over the next four years. So Trump won, and they thought that this would plunge our nation into a nightmare, Nazi, dystopian horror show, and nothing bad ever happened. And they're like, oh, kids in cages. Look at these horrible pictures of kids in cages. Like, oh, those pictures were from Obama. Those were during Obama's presidency, right? Like, stuff like that. So I'm being, I'm 100% serious. 866-95-PATRIOT. If you're a troll, if you're a left-wing troll, and you can give me an example of something unforgivably bad that happened under the Trump presidency because of Donald Trump. I'd love to hear it. I genuinely have nothing. Oh, things you can disagree with? Of course. Of course. Things I disagree with. Of course. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this idea from Bill Maher. Oh, it's nothing compared to what Trump did. What do you mean? Or this, this woman in the Atlantic. Oh, well, Trump's a cancer. And sure, Indicting your political opponent so that they can never run again, that's bad. That's like chemo. Sure, that's bad, but I mean, you got to get rid of the cancer. What? Do you remember all the fears from 2016? Remember all those fears from the left about 2016? I'll never forget it. I did a uh, Google search and I limited the results to just around the election. And I, I looked for a nuclear button. <laughs> New York Times, the finger on the nuclear button. It's all about, oh, Donald Trump. Finger on the nuclear button. Washington Post, no one can stop President Trump from using nuclear weapons. Did he? This one's from Australia. Should Americans and the world be scared of the president-elect's access to nuclear weapons? No. Nope. Nothing like that was even close to happening. But January 6th, right at the end, enough people did enough to give them just enough ammo to use against Donald Trump and you forever. And it was just enough. January 6th was just enough to call Trump a cancer that needs to be eliminated by any means necessary. And if the left says, we need to get them out this way, we need to do this to get them out. And if I say, whoa, whoa, okay, but that may not be a great idea. Like that, that could cause a lot of harm for a lot more than just against Trump. Like that could really hurt our country. Oh, it's chemo. We got to kill the cancer at all costs. Sure, it's ugly. Sure, sure, there'll be tons of negative consequences, but we must kill the cancer. If you don't kill the cancer, the cancer will kill you. Nothing else matters. That argument can be used to justify anything. That can be used to justify anything. It'll be used to justify violence. Someone will say, hey, we need to assassinate Donald Trump. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. That's not good. That will be very bad for our country if you open up that can of worms. No, it's got to be done. He's a cancer. He's a cancer. Sure, sure. Chemo hurts. Chemo's hard. But he's a cancer. We must eliminate the cancer or else nothing matters. Nothing else matters if we don't eliminate this cancer. You got it? See how this works? One of the most wicked phrases. 
that has come into normal, just like like regular uh, expressions in America, is the ends justify the means. That that is a wicked phrase by Machiavelli. It means that any goal that you decide is morally good or politically desirable in this case, but they, they always frame it as a moral good, then you can do whatever it takes to get there, even immoral means to achieve it. And it's okay. doesn't matter. The ends justify the means. Wow, those are really, that's a really bad thing you did. Yeah, but it was for a good cause. <laughs> and I would argue, and Martin Luther King Jr. made this point, often that the means are perhaps even more important than the end. The means are everything. You cannot achieve immoral ends through immoral means. That's what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said. Now, the truth is Machiavelli never even said that. (laughs) Machiavelli never said the ends justify the means. That's That's a lazy summary that's been distilled and diluted over the years to come up with little uh, pithy, catchy little phrase. He never said that. What he really said, Machiavelli said that people judge the results of something more than they judge the means of something. So if you're an evil prince and you want power, it won't matter to people as much because they don't really see how you get power. So it won't really matter to people as much how you do it. They just, they'll just see that you have it. Now he wasn't saying, therefore, it doesn't matter what you do to get power. You should do whatever. He's just talking like, he's just, the reality of it is people just won't see it. But bad people have taken this inaccurate paraphrase to heart and they've used it to justify terrible things. The ends justify the means. No, they don't. And this person's in the Atlantic. And she came up with, uh, she thinks, a very clever little metaphor. Trump is a cancer. And politically motivated prosecution is chemo. And that little, that little metaphor the left can use to just brush aside any concerns of, hey, this is maybe a really bad idea for our country. Oh, no, no. She said Trump is a growing cancer. Okay, how? He has made our country meaner uglier and more violent did he did you during his first term okay here it is okay good perfect let's do this this is what i'm looking for i'm looking for one example right bill maher goes on msnbc oh but what hunter biden did nothing compared to what trump did what did trump do didn't say okay trump's a cancer okay how doesn't say here it is though okay during his first term, he ate away at the protections guarding the U.S. system from authoritarianism, insisting on his own right to absolute power. What? That's what you got? That's your... He... Away? What did he do? He, he ate away. Okay, this is clearly the sign of someone who is not thinking clearly. 
That's the best you can come up with. That's your best, not only argument, but the best way you can even phrase it. He ate away at it. You can't be any more specific than that. He just ate away. Okay. He ate away at the protections guarding the U.S. system from authoritarianism. I don't know what you're talking about. Insisting on his right to absolute power. Lady, he left. He didn't engage in a shootout with Marine One on his way out the door. He got on the helicopter and he left. She then says, what would happen if the current disease were to go untreated? I don't know. Nothing, probably. <laughs> like, what do you mean? If the, if the current disease were to go untreated, you mean if Donald Trump won the presidency again? Probably nothing. He'll, he'll run for president, maybe win. And if he does, and if the Congress is split, like if the Democrats hold the Senate, then probably nothing will happen. Maybe he'll pass another executive order to mandate that all federal buildings be built in the Roman classical architectural style again, which was my favorite thing he did as president, but no new buildings are going to be built in the next four years. So it won't matter anyway. So not, not like probably not a lot will happen. <laughs> it depends on the makeup of Congress, but this idea, Oh, this woman's a fellow in governance studies at the Brookings institution. So she's much smarter than you and better than you in every way and takes this all way more seriously than you do. You don't understand. You don't understand the cancer that Donald Trump is. Now, I'm, I'm love to hear it. would love to hear an example of how Donald Trump is a cancer because all I've heard so far is the mayor of New York City saying that illegal immigration will destroy his city. It will destroy the city you know and love. It is ruining us. There's no end in sight. There's nothing we can do about it. It is coming for you. Okay, this isn't me. This isn't uh, the Breitbart guys, like the border guys, our border reporters. This is the mayor of New York City. It will flood all of our neighborhoods. It will destroy every neighborhood. It will destroy us as a city. It will affect everyone. This, the city you know and love is, is d being destroyed in front of our eyes. That is the mayor of New York. And Trump, years, years, decades ago, we should build a wall. Oh, so I don't know, lady, what kind of bad things would he do? Probably, like, let's hope, build a wall. Mayor of New York City is on our side now, I guess. Dr. Sebastian Gorka joins us every Thursday. So generous with his time, always. And we talked about this article, and I couldn't wait to get his take on this idea that Donald Trump is a cancer. Wait till you hear what he says. This is a clip from yesterday, just, just coming out now, of the mayor of New York City, who I'm only assuming is now a Trump voter, at a town hall in New York. Support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue 
will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do, and they're destroying New York City. It's going to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island said, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No. It's not the game we can play. Open the floor. Wow, this will destroy our city. The city you knew is no longer this illegal immigrant. Uh, and all these illegal immigrants are destroying our city. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is here. Of course, Salem radio host, Seb Gorka on the Twitter. Dr. Gorka, how are you, Seb? I'm really confused. How can a black man be such a racist? And he yeah. says, it's not our problem. Dude, uh, it is your problem because New York is a sanctuary city. I don't get it. I'm confused, Mike. Yeah, it's what they're doing to us. There's so many good lines yeah. in there, but that's a good well, you one. Mean, you mean the, the, the dark-skinned uh, people that we, I mean, weren't we told by Democrats like him for years that, you know, it's that poem on the base of the Statue of Liberty that says you have to let as many people into America as possible because because reasons, Mike. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I so wish you were at that town hall. Uh, yeah, what, uh, excuse me, Mayor Adams. Uh, what about the poor huddled masses? Isn't that what we see on yeah. the Upper West Side? What's the you problem? Racist. You racist. I mean, you know, if ever there was, I mean, God bless my, my buddy, Larry Elder, if ever there was a real black face of white supremacy, I think he might be Mayor Adam. <laughs> Will, we asked this question last hour, among others. Will Mayor Adams, will Lady Gaga's dad, who came out the other day saying that these illegal rights <laughs> are just, you know where I'm going. Will they ever vote for Donald Trump? No. No, no, no. Look, look, we're talking about people who are working together. I mean, it's up at Breitbart right now. You know, they're, they're bringing cases right now. The, the, the TDSs are bringing cases to use the 14th Amendment, which doesn't mention the president, mentions every other flipping office in the land from, you know, state secretaries to 
uh, vice presidents of electoral college. I mean, it mentions everybody except the president. They're trying to use that to have him barred, but not just not voting for him, Mike, barred from being listed on the ballots next year. These people so have utter contempt and disdain for the American people. Like, can we just translate what they're doing with the 14th Amendment? Can we just translate what, you know, Fannie Willis, and it's not Fannie, okay? It's F-A-N-I. Fannie Willis, Alvin Bragg, Jack Smith, you know, Judge Chutkan. Can we be clear what every single one of them is doing on behalf of the bicoastal elite and the racist DNC? Mm-hmm. They're trying to obviate, they're trying to negate the choice of the American people. They're trying to make it impossible for the American people to reelect President Trump. Why would you do that unless you're a fascist? You don't want the people, you don't want the people to be even able to choose Donald Trump, that means you're fascist. I'm sorry. And, yeah. and it turns out that Mayor Adams is also a racist. <laughs> the, the, the part that's most concerning, this whole 14th Amendment thing, is they keep obsessing over the word self-executing. It's self-executing. Yeah. You, you, we don't need a conviction. We don't need anything. We know. Everyone just knows. And I think that's the intellectual foundation for violence. Because there's no way well, to self-execute. I'm so glad. I don't know if anybody else is racist, but, but Mike, you absolutely nailed it because they're interpreting it. And and sadly, the amendment isn't well written. It's like, shall have participated in or supported. There's no specification as to has been determined to by a court of law. So they're just saying, well, we're going to decide if you supported an insurrection and therefore we're going to ban you. Uh, Which means, what? I guess when Kamala Harris was literally raising funds for BLM uh, rioters who had been arrested. She'd actually retweeted that call for funding the bail of those who tried to burn down half of America. I guess that's pretty you know, good evidence of somebody supporting an insurrection. So if, if the right had any balls, we'd have her removed from any ballots when Joe in the next year says, sorry, uh, family reasons, health reasons, I'm not running. So, yeah, you, you are right. These people do not know the. it's not the fire, it is the bomb fire they are playing with. Yeah. Well, well, I got a ton more questions, but just back to the Mayor Adams thing, because I've, I've never heard, yeah. and I've never heard a Democrat speak like that, right? Like, they're, they are destroying our city. Now, maybe the they is Governor Abbott of Texas, but I think he was speaking of the illegal immigrants. They're destroying our city. He said it twice. So, well, it's really interesting because you know, as you went, as you played that 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 long clip, he started going through the groups of people. Yes, and then right. He, he could, you could hear him. You could hear him. You could hear him stumble. Like, uh, I'm I'm a black guy. Do I say this? And then he says, um, um, and and those from West Africa. Yes. This, this is interesting. <laughs> so the people who say that we're for the small guy, we're for the working class, we're for the minorities. Not if you're an illegal immigrant. What? Sorry, what happened in, in, in the last two years? This has been happening. Uh, you, you, you just woke up, Adam. You mm-hmm. literally just woke up. The first thing they did was to shut down the building of the wall. They've been selling the steel left over from building the wall. They created an app. DHS created an app so that illegals in Mexico can pre-clear themselves and are processed through the border with a, a, a you know, a, 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 a shake of the hand 
and a free phone paid by the government. Uh, so that was, what, okay a year ago? But now it's suddenly a problem. Why? Because you're feeling the heat, Eric. I mean, th- this, this is when you realize who the Democrats really are. They don't give a crap about anybody. It's about staying in power. And he thinks that his position of power in New York is under threat now because mm-hmm. of what his buddies in the White House have done. Too late, Eric. Sorry, too late. Yeah, his only critique of Joe, though, is that he's not, the federal government's not giving them enough money. I don't hear them talk about building the wall, but that that obviously would be the root of it. So, uh, and by the way, I was I was he should, he should declare himself he should declare himself a, a county or an oblast of Ukraine. Let, let Eric Adams <laughs> declare himself an oblast of Ukraine, and then he will have more money than he can count. That's right. Uh, talking obviously with Doctor Sebastian Gorka, Seb Gorka on the Twitter. So, in the last hour, we read an article from the Atlantic, and this uh, this oh, I'm from, sorry. That's a woman from the Brookings Institute thought she was very clever. She came up with a metaphor, doctor, a metaphor. And the claim that conservatives are making is, hey, politically prosecuting your opponents is probably not a good idea. And there's a lot of negative consequences to that and and unintended consequences. It's a bad idea for our country. And she says, no, no, no. That's chemo. That's chemotherapy. Sure, it's, you know, it's not good, right? But keep your eye on the prize. Trump is a cancer and we must eliminate the cancer. So sure, the chemo may be ugly, but you have to eliminate the cancer. And again, that is an ugly metaphor that can only lead to very bad places. Right. Te- text that to me. I'm going to use that on my show, that article. That, that. So, so do you remember what happened to Gina Carano, Mike? So, uh, you know, I, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Carano, the the, uh, the, the uh, actress, yes. Yeah, the actress, the, the you know, former MMA fighter. Lovely lady. Um, what did she, what got her fired? So she was the most popular character in one of the few Star Wars spinoffs that was actually successful. Okay, so The Mandalorian. And you never saw The Mandalorian's face. So she literally was the most popular character on that show whose face you actually saw. What was her sin? Why did she literally have to be instantly fired by Disney, this super popular, lovely, charming lady? Because she reposted an image on Instagram of somebody else's post in which it said, you know, the death camps, uh, the gas chambers didn't start in Germany Uh, just one day. The process began by the dehumanization of your neighbor, when one German started to simply dehumanize the person next door. That statement of fact, that is actually a statement of fact, got her fired from Disney. What you just read out is exactly that happening in America. When you, as a human being, as a citizen of the freest nation on God's green earth, calls somebody else a disease, you, that is absolutely analogous to Germans calling Jews filth, to calling them untermensch, to calling them subhuman. When you are prepared to dehumanize another human being with a soul who breathes, who loves, who lives, You've stepped on a path that is very difficult to turn back from. Mm. 
because the man you're talking about who you're labeling a disease, no human in history has received more than 130 million votes to be president. No person living today. Nobody. Not Obama. Nobody. Donald Trump did. And this isn't just one, one crazy, you know, cat-loving crank at Atlantic. Remember, this is a pattern, my friend. This started with what? This started with Hillary Clinton. This started with the deplorables. This started with uh, the former Attorney General of the United States saying, oh, what do we do? Uh, do we take the high ground? No, when they're down, we kick them. That's what Eric Holder did, a man who, by the way, was held in contempt of Congress, but he wasn't arrested and put in leg shackles at Reagan Airport like Peter Navarro was for being in contempt of Congress. It continues to the current incumbent of the, of the White House, who in something that comes straight out of, you know, Pinochet, straight out of some tin pot dictator, stands in front of one of the most seminal buildings to our nation, Liberty Hall, based in ominous... You know, like Palpatine red lighting, flanked by Marines in their dress blues. And he calls half of the nation fascists. This isn't just the Atlantic, which, of course, is a propaganda rag sheet for the Democrats. This is the Democrat institution. It is the White House. It is the president. It's the former Secretary of State. It's the former First Lady. It's the former Attorney General. They are prepared to dehumanize their fellow American. And I'll just say right now, that is very dangerous. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, the, um, that, again, I think, is a, as everything you just said, is a justification for violence, as has been in history, as you yes. eloquently said. And this is in the Atlantic, and the first people to make the 14th Amendment argument came out of the Atlantic. It was, it was, it was that, so it was actually like, it was a, it was a law, it was a University of Pennsylvania law journal article that no one ever reads that some, some lawyers wrote, but then it was Larry Tribe and some other guy that took that and put it in the Atlantic to send it out into the mainstream. So the Atlantic is playing a pretty dangerous game uh, right now. Uh, well, speaking of dangerous game, cause we don't have to talk about potentialities. Enrique Tario. Dr. Gorka. Now, potentially yeah. putting you in some uh, some a, a tough place to walk here. Let's see how you uh, how you approach this, sir. Uh, tomorrow, um, we're going to talk to someone who a lawyer guy who's who followed the case. I did not follow the case. It's so this guy's the leader of Proud Boys. Got sentenced to twenty two years. That seems like a yeah. lot. I like I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it seems like a lot. And then I read he wasn't even there. And every article I've read, I've read maybe 10, they don't say a single thing that he did. Not one No, because they, 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 because they can't. Because they can't. So this is, you, know, you just nailed the key issue. And if you haven't seen it, I was on my buddy Rob Schmidt's show last night on Newsmax. He did a whole monologue on, on this case. It's worth watching. Find it. Rob Schmidt, Newsmax, last night's monologue. So, so let's be clear. Every single person who got between 15 and 22 years in the Proud Boys, they committed no physical act of insurrection. Uh, two of them, one of them shook a temporary fence post. The other one pushed down a temporary fence. 
Enrique Tario did literally nothing because he couldn't. He unless you know he could bilocate. He wasn't in Washington D.C. on January the sixth. Prior to January the sixth, he he removed and damaged a BLM placard, a BLM yard sign outside a left wing church. Okay, so so he's getting twenty two years in prison for what? Not being here during the riot and for hurting somebody's feelings when it comes to BLM. BLM, by the way, that in the summer of love uh, created riots in more than 200 cities, $3 billion worth of damage, and along with their buddies Antifa, caused the deaths of at least three dozen Americans, most of them black and minority, like you know David Dorn, the, uh, the former police captain, who was murdered trying to protect his friend's shop. That's how he died, killed by these rioters. Uh, nobody, nobody got 22 years, let alone you know, any kind of serious custodial sentence who was a BLM writer or arsonist. But let's be clear. They were charged with seditious conspiracy, which comes out of the Civil War, that's never been used ever in the modern age against anybody, let, you know, terrorist or not terrorist. And the prosecution, after two years, two, these people were in prison for two years waiting trial. Sorry, got a helicopter. Coming for you or just, or just like randomly? Yeah, just randomly. Okay, I mean, they know, they know I'm on Breitbart every, every Thursday. Um, <laughs> here, here, think of this. Nobody can tell you what the conspiracy was because there was the this, – this is the first insurrection in history where the quote-unquote leaders of the insurrection didn't have a concrete plan of insurrection <laughs> that the prosecution could point to, didn't have weapons, didn't have a manifesto. It's They made vague, nebulous, threatening statements on text to each other. Therefore, when you're, you know, being a show-off, braggadocio kind of idiot on 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 Signal on on what WhatsApp, you get 22 years in prison uh, as a as a black Cuban American. But uh, let's be serious. We know what this is all about. This isn't about them. It's not even about the Proud Boys. It's about using the seditious conspiracy charge, which is absolutely nebulous, against President Trump. You you will see. I guarantee you. When Jack Smith's court goes, uh, a case goes in front of Judge Chutkan uh, for January the 6th and President Trump, you will see them uh, sooner or later use the, the seditious conspiracy charge to try and make sure that President Trump gets a custodial sentence and cannot run for the presidency. This is about President Trump and anybody who supports him. This isn't about the Proud Boys. They said that this Enrique Tarrio guy was uh, a general, not a soldier. That's how they got around the fact that he wasn't there. So I was, I was watching a ABC News story on him. David Muir, number one, number one news guy in the country, and I never hear anything about him. Right, eight million people watch David Muir. Fox News will get like two or three million viewers, and David Muir, ABC Nightly News gets eight million. I don't, I don't know who watches it. I don't get it. anyway. So I watched a video of him, and uh, they they were going through it, and they I thought, oh, they're gonna like sh- give something. And they did. They're the only people, the only report I've heard that gave one specific thing that he did. They said he, and they had video, he met in an underground parking garage with the leaders of the Oath Keepers. And then that was it. They didn't say what they talked about? Which, 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 by the way, is protected under the First Amendment. Like, what? Give me something. Freedom of Association. Yeah, and did what? And did what? Like, so they met and then... And what? What do they say? What do they do? What do they do after? What plans did they talk about that were executed? 
what are we talking about here? None of that. Didn't give me a hint of that. But, so but, but it goes back to your original point. It, it doesn't matter what they did. No. Because just like President Trump is the cancer for the Atlantic, the, the demonization of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers is enough. The fact that you know, anyone meets with a member of the Oath Keepers, that's already the crime because we've told you who the Oath Keepers are, right? They, they believe in America. They're white supremacists. They want to take down America. It, it, you know, they've done the branding for the last two years. Therefore, by dint of just associating yourselves with them, you must be a criminal. It's that simple. Yeah, association. Uh, I'll let you go, Dr. Gorg. Yeah. I, one last question for you. I um, obviously follow you on Twitter closely. Go all the time to your page, and everyone should. Seb Gorka. You retweeted something. You retweeted a tweet from Monticello, and it says, with its large circular windows and Oculus skylight, the dome room is quite beautiful to visit on a sunny day. See this iconic room on a behind-the-scenes tour. Why did you feel that that, and it's a picture of the room, it's an empty room with the light shining through a circular window. Why did you feel that was worthy of a Seb Gorka retweet? Mike, 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 uh, it's always dangerous coming on your show. Um, you, you actually pay attention to things I do. And I thought, I saw that, saw that on my feed and I thought, that's really beautiful. That could maybe take somebody out of the insanity for 30 seconds. Should I repost it? Will, will somebody be surprised? What is Gork? Why isn't he ranting about Democrats and Fauci and the usual. No, I'll I'll repost it. That that grabbed me for a moment and gave me a, a little bit of sanity. So of course it's you that picked it up. I don't know. Um, look, why are we happy warriors? We're, we're happy warriors because we don't let the authoritarian, fascistic nature of our opponents define us. It's very important. I I, I had dinner with some. Dear, dear, dear conservatives, some famous people at their home. And um, halfway through dinner, like three of them said, well, we just have to cheat like they do. We, we, we just have to take back America and use whatever tools necessary to save America. And I got indignant and at a very polite dinner party <laughs> as my wife was, you know, kicking my ankle as I got louder and louder. I said, no, we, we don't do that because I, that at that point america ceases to exist at least the america i want to live in and the difference between us and them is that we have a moral compass that's why we do what we do that's why we don't allow allow their hatred to define us and i just wanted to give everybody a break for you know 30 seconds look at something that has to do with our founding fathers remind us of where we came from why they why they risked everything their 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 lives their treasure, and most of all, their sacred honor, uh, because they were honorable men. And I want us all to stay honorable men and women. So I want to give you a break from the insanity for 30 seconds. Look at something beautiful from our founding. And remember, we're doing this because we believe in the principles upon which our republic was founded. And we must cleave to those principles every single day, despite the fact that they, they really, to go to your first point, to the Atlantic, to Gina Carano, they would be happy if President Trump were dead 
and if all of us were in prison. That's, can we just stop for a second and admit to ourselves there's a reason Dan Bongino, former Secret Service agent, there's a reason a Democrat like Alan Dershowitz on my show two weeks ago kept talking about the threats to the life of the president. If you think, if you think President Trump, if you're writing articles that he is cancer, what do you do to cancer? You kill it. You destroy it. You irradiate it. Mm-hmm. That's what they're really saying. We would like to have him dead. Remember, in Central Park, for over a year, they did Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. And how did they dress up the actor playing Julius Caesar before he was murdered every night by the senators and by Brutus? They dressed him up in a blue suit with a red tie and a blonde wig. They made him Donald Trump. And every night, they ceremoniously murdered him on stage, Donald Trump. And they cheered. The quote-unquote elite of New York cheered every night the incumbent president was murdered on stage. That's who they are, and we must not become them. We must fight, 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 so that law and order, the rule of law, and the Constitution is reestablished in America. But we must never, ever sink to their amoral depths, because our founding fathers didn't do that when they fought the greatest empire the world has ever seen, and we mustn't do it when we are fighting fascists inside America. Amen. Where can people find more about Dr. Sebastian Gorka? Uh, the latest book is, is The War for America's Soul. Um, you can find it on my website, sebgorka.com. I'm on all the social media except, except the fascistic YouTube, so True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Rumble, you name it. And I've also got a Substack, and I'll be publishing a new article on there today. Um, unique content from me, access to me, and that's SebastianGorka.substack.com. SebastianGorka, one word, .substack.com. And uh, thank you, Mike, for, for bringing up that tweet. Yeah, I don't know how you do all that. Thank you, Dr. Gorka. Have a wonderful day. God bless. We, uh, we need more beauty in our lives. We need to surround ourselves with more beautiful things every day. Uh, and we spent a good portion of the last hour debunking the Machiavelli line, the ends justify the means. He actually never even said that, but we've distilled it down into this little pithy little saying uh, that really is, is, a, is a wicked, a wicked sentence that people know because it, it just comes off the tongue, really. Oh, the ends justify the means. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, they don't. No, they do not. American made I got American parts I got American Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily uh, Dr. Gorka there talked about uh, Enrique, we were talking about Enrique Tario, this Proud Boys guy Well tomorrow we're going to have someone on who followed the case, followed the case heard the evidence <laughs> what did he actually do that deserved 22 years in prison We'll talk about that tomorrow at 7 o'clock Eastern on Breitbart News Daily. Spread the word. I'm in love with her and I want-